0: Over thirty years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house.
1: Hi, and this is our open home hour. We're open to anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. 1-888-767-4348. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Angela Hurst is on the way to the Gilbert showroom. So if you had window treatment shopping in mind. You can go visit her in person today at the uh, Santan Village area.
2: I guess from the last hour uh, in the window treatment showroom, Interior Essentials.
1: You can use the internet machine to email info at rosieonthehouse.com. If you uh, need a little help, with that. you want to snap a picture and send us a little visual aid to explain the project you're working on or your texts to four one one nine two three. Well... By way of that, we got an email earlier,
2: and uh, it's from a family. Uh, It says, we're so excited to be in the beginning phases of purchasing some land and begin building a new home on horse property just outside of Casa Grande. They say the girls will finally be able to ride and rope at home and raise some cattle. They can't wait to get out of town. So the husband is considering a conventional frame home with the new uh, hybrid exterior wall where you're staggering the studs, injecting the foam wall, and doing a standard foundation and stem wall and footing.
1: And what Rosie's talking about, staggering the studs, if you're looking at a wood-framed a a wood wall, generally speaking in the past we would do two by six or two by uh four. four and the top and bottom plate that you would nail onto would be the same size well to eliminate thermal bridging to increase the insulation value is they'll put a two by six plank for your top and bottom and they'll put a two by four and they'll bring it all the way to the exterior and line it up and nail it then the next stud would be lined up with the interior. So you never have a two by four that goes all the way through from stucco to drywall without a layer of foam somewhere to increase, decrease your thermal bridging. And that's the hand transfer of heat or cooling from the exterior to the interior. So it's supposed to make our homes more energy efficient. And I go back to the question all the time, if you're gonna spend that much time and effort why aren't you stacking blocks?
2: <laughs> yeah. That would certainly be one thing I'd want to talk to them about. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at buying land, and they've got to set up. Sounds like they're going to do some roping, uh, horseback riding. So you've got to orientate that, that roping arena orientation, depending on what size lot you're buying, almost sets up you got to start with that. That's the biggest thing you're going to put on the property. And you want that orientated in a way where you're not roping into the sun. Yeah, you've got to get it orientated right. So then that tells you where the house is going to go. Once you know where the house is going to go, then you can start laying out your floor plan. But there's almost so much to talk about when you're talking about the very beginning of land purchasing and home designing. This would probably be something uh, uh, we'll have to visit with in person. But it is one example of the kind of emails we get at the office all the time. And then I've been getting a text from a guy in Tucson, James, wants a whole education on insulation all morning long. (laughs) But before I go to his question about insulation, because I will tell you all this, 90% of the homeowners that do do-it-yourself home improvement projects or additions do the insulation exactly completely wrong and i'll talk about that but we have dennis who's called in and we invite your calls one 767 4348 let us put our 30 plus years of broadcasting our 40 plus years of home building and remodeling in arizona to work for you. Whatever you're trying to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin, you can phone us and we'll put our experience to work for you. That's what we do to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. one 767 I'll
1: give that homeowner as we bring Dennis into the conversation that's looking to build a home a little bit of one last piece of advice. Sleep on it. When you have a construction loan, you've got a time frame on when you get your money at different phases in the project based on different inspections. And a lot of times you can feel forced to make a decision uh, in a split second real time, trying to keep up and make that next draw to meet the next inspection to meet the next contractor that's going to be there. And you end up making bad decisions or decisions you regret later. (laughs) may not have been bad, but you realize you know what I, I really should have just done this and i, I, sh- I wish i would had done that make long-term decisions as well don't don't make a short term if this is your forever home do it once right sleep on it make the decision the next day your home's not going anywhere your lot's not going anywhere don't don't make rushed decisions because they advice. become regretted decisions great advice dennis welcome to the broadcast
0: Lauren, how are you doing? very, very good. good thank you. That's good um has anybody been looking into how um showers on site showers that are built how they're how they are built with the sub pan with the sub base and all that
2: is it Is anybody looking into it?
0: Yeah, you know I've run into two contractors here, and they are you know legitimate contractors. And their men are installing the pan material flat on the slab of the house, okay? okay. Then they build the subpan or the pan and then okay. put the tile on it. Well, now all you've – and then put it to the drain, right? right? All you've done now is made a pocket for, of water underneath the, all that grout. Well You're supposed to have a quarter inch to a half inch of grade of, on the sub base on that floor. Then put the lining
2: on I've seen it done a lot of different ways, Dennis, and in fact, in the last 10 years, there have been a lot of products brought onto the market that make shower pan installation much easier than it always was. But we have taken a flat slab area and poured a sloped floor, grout floor, and then you have to lay a vinyl pan on top of that. And then you install your grout and your tile. On top of that is the finished surface, and the vinyl pan goes up the wall a good 18 inches. Now that's the way we always did it, back in the 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s. But there have been new products introduced um, all along the way. I would, I would just encourage you in this project. Do you have a building permit?
0: No. Okay. Uh, It's just a remodel thing. I had a leak in the wall from one pan already built that way in my house. Yeah. And it had a leak in the pan material, and it weeped. That's all it did. Well, if the whole thing would have been installed correctly on grade, quarter inch to a half inch of grade, it would have never even gotten to that little weep hole that it had that finally came out after years and years. Well, Well, I had another man come out, and he's a licensed contractor. Insured everything, okay? Legitimate people. And they, the men come out, they put the pan materials flat on the slab. Then they put the dry grout in. Then they put the tile in. And that's wrong. The pan has to be on a graded material.
2: Well, what they're trying to do is catch any and all moisture, even at the point, I mean, if if you've got that pan in there. It can't on top of the slab below the graded material. And it's done correctly. There's no place that water can go except down the drain. In that pinhole break that your original pan had, you know, that's unfortunate. A staple put someplace it shouldn't have been. But it. There are good contractors doing it both ways, Dennis. Uh, there are other contractors that are going in with pre-manufactured pads that just m- merely slip on top of the concrete slab, and then the pad is put on top of that. There's, and there's other pad materials that anymore we paint in place. So there's lots of options if you're looking for long-term Best case, I'm with you. You would want to sink the shower floor to below grade, run the pan up well above the grade, and then any inerrant or misguided moisture that got in would fall into that concrete pan and would have to make its way. But unless you're willing to endure the cost of saw cutting the slab and everything else, Um, I've seen contractors do it the way your contractors doing it, and I've seen them do it the other way. I believe it's pretty well interchangeably acceptable given the products we're using at this time don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Do you often change the window product as you go around the house?
0: Oftentimes customers wanting to turn a window into a door. If somebody wants to take a an operable window, maybe that they don't ever open, we turn those into picture windows. Would you change glazing options as you go around a house? You know, I guess intuitively it kind of makes sense. I mean, I understand why people think that Maybe I'll, I'll do, uh, you, you know, your best sun defense glass on the west and south exposure and maybe do something different uh, and less expensive on the north and east side of the house. I mean, when it's 115 degrees outside, it's 115 degrees outside, whether the sun's on it or not. I mean, you're going to put sun defense glass if you're here in the valley uh, throughout your whole home. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Tell us two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosyonthehouse.com under Certified Partners.
1: Jamie's next on the line at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you, calling from Mesa. Good morning, welcome to the program. How may we help you?
0: Well, I got the, my rear patio, uh, the ceiling of it, all the uh, texture is bubbling and peel, peeling and falling off the drywall, and I'm wondering if there's a way. I guess. One question is, is that a common problem or what causes it? And, and is there a way to maybe cover it up with like a full wood paneling or some tongue and groove or something so it doesn't keep handling instead of just patching the drywall and repainting?
2: Well, that is pretty common with drywall on a back patio to lose uh, the tape adhesion, uh, the paint adhesion. And I'll tell you what's happening, Jamie, is as that drywall goes to the outside edge and meets that fascia, or bar drafter. there's an exposed edge of sheetrock there that is actually acting like a sponge and absorbing just the humidity that's in the air much less any water that may be getting in there from a possible roof leak at the seam of the patio roof and the home roof we tell people the only way you can expect to get a reasonable amount of life out of sheetrock on a back patio ceiling is we encourage them to use the moisture-resistant board like you would use behind a shower or tub. Use the moisture-resistant tape and uh, joint compound. Paint it with three or four good coats of paint, but then never, ever forget to go around the outside edge and caulk that seam all the way around the outside to keep the moisture from coming in from around the edges. I would not encourage you to mount anything on top of that sheetrock. Go ahead and remove the sheetrock, and then go back with a T111 or a wood siding material of your choice. I would not leave the sheetrock there.
0: So if I do want to cover it, take the sheetrock down, and then just put the material up there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that makes perfect sense. I appreciate the information.
2: Okay. Well, we appreciate the call.
1: Two things. The next home I will build. No structural wood, including trusses, roof trusses. No drywall.
2: Bada-bing, bada-boom. Okay. How are you going to build your roof? Steel. Okay.
1: Steel trusses and a metal... Metal roof, or red one, red metal roof. Okay, all right, very good. I used to like green, but I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm like the red ones better. You're in the red,
2: and just mm-hmm.
0: hope it don't hail. Oh, that's well, gonna be noisy.
1: <laughs> oh well, the insulation will drown that out. Um, okay, except when you're sitting on the patio. Well, you know, you gotta man, yeah, you got to enjoy the sound of rain on a tin roof on the patio Absolutely. on a monsoon okay. afternoon. All right.
2: Good. Now speaking of insulation, we have this fellow James, who ran to the hardware store this morning in Tucson, and he's trying to decide what insulation to buy for some kind of project he has at his home. And so he called in during the Arizona hour, and Jennifer got his name, and uh, Gary got his name and phone number, and the question was, do I buy faced or unfaced insulation in new drywall? 90% of all homeowners that I see do their own insulation do it completely wrong. They buy faced because they're convinced that extra layer of moisture barrier is worth the few cents that it costs more. And then they hang it from the inside of the house. So the moisture barrier is stapled to the inside of the house. That's 100% backwards. And you're not getting half the insulation value that you could be getting from the same insulation if it was installed correctly. So if you, homeowner, are doing a modification of an existing room that has existing exterior walls and you're stripping the sheetrock to maybe rewire the room, when you're done, do not buy bat insulation and unfold the bats and staple it to the inside of the sheetrock. The insulation, the spun fiberglass insulation, must be touching the back of the sheetrock or it's not insulating anything. Now, another great option would be in these outside walls. Finish running your wiring and your plumbing and go with a spray foam insulation then apply the sheetrock that's probably the best of all worlds if you want to get somewhere as close to that with all of this insulation removed caulk the joint between the two by four stud two by six stud and your exterior siding caulk around all the electrical outlet penetrations in the outside wall caulk or use the expand a foam product in a can then apply your fiberglass insulation then apply your sheetrock just caulking all of those joints will accomplish a lot of what the more expensive spray insulation foam will accomplish
3: filling the whole
2: cavity so there's steps one two and three never hang faced insulation with the paper facing the inside of your living space. You're doing it exactly backwards. And that triggered a couple more questions about insulation, but I guess we're going to need to get to those after the bottom of the hour break. Any question you've got, give us a ring at one 767 4348 and we'll do the best we can to put our combined 50 years of home remodeling, Arizona, Home remodeling and building to work for you. We'll give you tips, we'll give you favorite brand names, we'll give you the tools that we like to use. We'll make it as easy as we can for you, even to the point if you want it done, we'll send you to our website. Arizona's number one contractor referral network in the entire state. Rosieonthehouse.com.
1: We just got a four-star Google review. Four. Our intro music, <laughs> but they said it's time for some jazz. So I think we would have gotten five stars if you you're rotating a jazz track every now and then.
0: Well, <laughs> jazz has so many different sounds. What What do you mean? Yeah, uh, know.
1: Like. It has to
3: be some jazz I like.
1: Can't please them all. <laughs> Dix, Dixie jazz. Dix, uh, Dixie
2: jazz.
0: Yep. Preservation Hall. Yeah. Somebody to talk like
2: this. There he yes. goes.
3: <laughs> hey, I have a couple of text questions. Rosie, let me throw them at you here. Sure. Um, so this, this is from a text, and this is from Kelly. And I don't know if it's a girl Kelly or a boy Kelly, but they figured out that if you text, you can actually ask two questions. Ah. <laughs> um, so one of the questions is they have two uh, fairly new refrigerators, and they went bad, like right in close amount of time so they're thinking maybe it's a energy like a with the power outages maybe that's kind of done them in is that you think that's could possible? be i
2: mean it, every time you have a power outage and the utility company has to re-energize that neighborhood you're hit with a surge
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and occasionally it will take out uh compressors uh, air conditioning compressors refrigerator compressors um It's one of the reasons I tell people every home should have a whole house surge protector put on it. People buy at their neighborhood drugstore or neighborhood hardware store these strip surge protectors. Uh, Folks, those are a huge source of uh, artificial security. They don't respond fast enough nor are they capable of handing anything significant enough. You need to be able to capture the surge before it ever enters your house. Whole house surge protection is mounted out at the electrical panel where your electricity first comes in the house. And it triggers within a nanosecond, one millionth of a second. So, No surge ever gets into your house at all. People ask me, sounds like good, reasonable protection. How much does something like that cost? You can protect every refrigerator, every air conditioning unit, every television, every piece of your electronic equipment, all of your computers, all of your data. You can protect everything in the whole house forever. For less than $500 with a whole house surge protector mounted at the panel I would have an electrician check that circuit put uh, put a, put a uh, circuit recorder on it see if it's experiencing surges without power outages uh, if these outages of refrigerators coincide close to power outages uh, I would say it was probably a, a, a power-up surge, and the only thing that can protect you from that is whole house energy, whole house surge protection.
1: Now, every home should be built with a surge protector. Uh, I agree, but I would also think if it was a result of power surges, because it's a new— home, only two years old, that they would be experiencing this with more than just the refrigerator. It could, well, so have, it, them, have them check that line, make sure we've got the proper gauge running to it, that the breaker's operating correctly. Um, see if we can't dial in as well on that one specific line.
3: Good point. Okay, you ready for question number two? Okay. Now, this is a long one. So I have to say, when, you know, a lot of times people call me and say, oh, I don't want to go on air. But... I can't answer the next question. So if you just leave me one question, and it generates more questions with Rosie or Romy, (laughs) it really doesn't do you much good. And you know what? Have you ever heard Rosie be rude to anyone? No, like never, or Romy? So just call in and join the conversation. We don't beat you up. We find you all the good information you need.
1: Our guest last hour was worried that her sons were going to call in and prank call her. (laughs) So don't don't, worry. We could retire if we'd have gotten a hundred dollars from everyone that's told us they were going to call yeah. in a prank call, they no one ever follows through on that.
3: Well, the only one would be Rennie, your brother Rosie, but <laughs> he gets me every now and again. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this as I see it. Okay, so it's
1: Rwanda a... versus.
3: Uh... Oh, what was that? He he made a
1: paper mache sculpture <laughs> of a moose fighting a. A gorilla, and he named it Rwanda versus Montana, and he wanted to know how to exterior light it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that's so he, random. Teresa and the kids must have been gone that day, like he was bored or something. So anyway, this this qual- caller just built a home, finished construction on a custom build. Congratulations, um, up north, Surprise area. Um, although I did a forty-pound carbon filter and soft water system, I was wondering if I should do a UV sanitizer on the water service into the home. We are on a shared well. Just us on it currently, but it's an above-ground storage system with a massive black, abs, or poly tank. Does bacteria grow in these tanks? Also, should I bury the storage tank to cool the water or shade it somehow? Maybe paint it from black to white would cool the water?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, first question. I have an above-ground tank as well. And I will tell you, I don't experience a lot of hot water. The size of the tank is so big that usually um, Hmm. I I hardly ever notice a difference in the temperature. And I prefer the above under the below ground because at some point, something's going to go wrong. And that's a pretty massive increase to your maintenance bill when you've got to start digging out the tank. (laughs) Um, If you feel that the water is hotter at your home... um, and you're trying to cool that shade, I would look at doing some kind of uh, trellis. Trellis isn't the right word, but like you did with the rebar on the block wall of your home. Yeah, yeah. You it's it? a rebar. I call it a trellis. You do? Okay. Oh, maybe it was <laughs> the lattice, right word. Lattice, you know. And then put some kind of cat's claw vine that grows quick and is hardy and takes a little water and use that as your shade structure, and it also is your decorative cover to seeing a the big black yeah (laughs) and it's black to keep light out because bacteria will needs light source in water to grow so the reason it's black is to keep bacteria and algae from growing and would painting it white keep it cooler I, I think it'd be a waste of white paint okay and ultimately on that ABS it doesn't stick great to plastic products and it's gonna just start peeling and look awful in a couple years out in the Sun
2: and he's filtering it right now through a thirty-pound charcoal filtering system. Should he go to ultraviolet? How often? How often do you have to have your well water submitted for testing?
1: How often? It's not regulated. You know, they recommend you test it every six months, but there's nothing oh, really? mandating okay. you do that.
2: Okay. And but it's a fairly simple process to test it. Yeah
1: so just test it and if you feel you need that additional uv for uh quality of drinking water then go ahead and add that but i wouldn't uh i wouldn't make that decision without testing it and you can send it in to whoever you bought your water uh treatment system from and they can test it for you or if you're looking for another opinion or a, a new water treatment company we've got great partners at rosie dot com yeah
2: Yeah. so i hope that helps him in his new custom home what do you say north of surprise
1: paul's next on the line happy valley welcome to the program i'm driving hello hey paul (laughs) <laughs> See, somebody asked last hour, why don't we take more calls? There's a perfect example. You couldn't hear a word he was saying. We'll try and uh...
3: Well, I, I had told him, I said, I need you to come off Bluetooth. But uh So, Paul, if you could pull over and take off that Bluetooth. I'll get you started on this question, though. He has a, a home with a, it sounds like it's one story, and one of the rooms is nice, large room, and he wants to put a second story on top of that room, and he has no idea how to get started.
2: Yeah, we... We do sec- we do, uh, uh, we've done a lot of second stories, Paul, and a lot of people initially are nervous. They say, well, I've got to reinforce my stem wall and my foundation and my footing, and that's really not the problem when putting on a second story. Almost every foundation and footing underneath a single-story home will support a two-story home. It's not the weight of the second story that causes the problem but what you need to do is you need to get a structural engineer involved what is the problem is what we call the shear of the house and if you picture the house as being a shoebox out on the out on the ground the shear would be the wind that comes across it trying to move that box and move that house and as that wind hits the side of the house It causes the house to flex. Well, a second-story addition is the equivalent of putting up a huge sail that's only going to catch more of that wind. So we have to develop shear panels that come down to the foundation, the footing, at least span the joint between the first and second story, and the shear, the engineering of the shear of the second story tends to be the bigger problem a lot of times he's up on happy valley so he's on the north side of the valley he may be in a lot that it gives him great views and he wants to put that second story addition up there and have it lots of glass maybe even to a walkout patio well all of that glass increases the challenges we're going to have on giving you the shear strength that you need because glass has little to no shear panel value. We've got to do it by covering the outside of the addition with a shear panel, which is generally done with a half inch like CDX or a straighted plywood board. And then we put the siding over the top of that. So Paul, we do it all the time. Uh, The good news is you don't have to reinforce the footings or foundations. But the bad news is if you don't adequately have an engineer design the stress loads, you're going to have an upstairs that cracks and creaks. The drywall will pop uh, and you'll, you'll really regret not starting with an investment with a good design with a good structural engineer. And go from there. I hope that helps.
1: Glass is a very interesting material. There is, uh, and technically it's, it's actually a liquid, just with a very slow viscosity rate. And yet, um, there is a company that's developing something called solar windows, where they're integrating photoic energy-producing cells into the glass. And... Their goal is to offset skyscrapers' energy consumption during daylight. Yeah, wow. Think about all those skyscrapers that are going up at uh, Tempe Town Lake that are all glass panes. If those were all, you know, producing photovoltaic, now obviously the north side of the the building isn't going (laughs) to offer you a lot, but that goes back into your design, designing it to where south and west side of the glass becomes your energy producer. Amazing technology there's your jazz. maybe we'll get that five star review now <laughs> construction job openings increased in September year over year according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics September approximately 40,000 higher job openings than 2018 if you are looking for a career a direction path Maybe you've got a couch potato that needs a little help uh, leaving the, the nest. The, it is National Apprenticeship Week. You get There's a great resource that uh, I didn't even know existed, apprenticeship.gov. Um, you can scroll through all types of different kinds of uh, job careers that are open in the construction industry. There's, what other industry could you go into and get paid to learn your trade? Do they pay you to become a doctor, you know? That's one I'm actually glad they go to school for first, but... Yeah, right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Where else can you get paid to learn your profession? All 50 states have some kind of apprenticeship program as well, and not all jobs in the trades, you know, consist of exterior hard manual labor. Hey, look at this. Look at those wood cabinets. Yeah. Is that beautiful? What? That's the Tumacockery Mesquite Sawmill that's been offering custom mesquite work delivered to cabinet makers and custom home builders since 1982. They've made a living just providing the, the natural raw mesquite to customers. Man. That, that, that's a construction job. You know, that's, a, we, that's a special.
2: That takes all kinds of special equipment. Mesquite is so dense and so hard. It, it, it just eats your equipment up. And then this one, a
1: Casa Grandman, an ASU grad, cuts energy use for heating and cooling coating product. A new thing that was a semi finalist and an innovative challenge that's coming along. You know, that's construction. Absolutely. That ties into manufacturing a little bit, but you got to manufacture your construction materials, tools, and products. You know, there's so much opportunity and availability, and the need is very prevalent. If you're looking and for a new career, and it path, will be that
2: way for a long time. hmm. This isn't a labor shortage; we're going to overcome quickly,
1: and it's changing all the time. This graph shows uh, the trend in people that order building materials online, both homeowners and builders. Oh, really? So then you've got you know the the technology and how we consume products is changing that as well, and the delivery of it, and uh, like you said, it, it's going on for a long time, and we're. The population only increasing is going to continue well, the, the need for and the dilemma housing.
2: is when I was growing up and the generation immediately before me grew up hands-on trades. Uh, the next generation, Romy, your generation, the generation after you, haven't grown up with quite the hands-on experience. They're they're more data-driven. They're more Uh, electronically driven as my generation and the generation ahead of me starts retiring there is going to be a labor shortage that is going to be unbelievable and if you as a young person are looking to work with your hands and your mind and meet great people and have a absolutely very rewarding profitable career you really should look at the construction trades i mean in me becoming a concrete finisher and a carpenter i've met some of the most famous athletes and celebrities and fortune 100 ceos and long-term valley residents people i would have never been able to meet if i hadn't been invited into their homes to do a bathroom addition or a kitchen remodel or a second story edition. Um, I I I don't know what trade I I don't know what industry I could have gotten involved in where I have become personally familiar with some of the classiest people you could have ever met in your life. And that was all through Rosie Remodeling. And by the way, Rosie Remodeling had to put off two projects. Folks wanted done for the holidays, but they couldn't quite make their mind up on a couple decisions, so we had to tell them, look, I'm sorry, we'll still do your job, but we'll start it January. Well, that now creates a little hole for my guys. If you have a little job you'd like done before the holidays, give Rosie on the House Remodeling a call, unless you live in Tempe. <laughs> uh, boy. Unless you live in Tempe. <laughs> you, you'll
1: get... Your Your, permits by Christmas next year. Yeah, exactly. We haven't had good luck pulling
2: fast permits in the city of Tempe. Boy, did I have a few voicemails last week. But I stand by my guns. I have the empirical evidence.
1: Uh, It's been a long time since I've pulled anything from Peoria, but they used to have that reputation as well. So maybe it's changed. I don't know. Hey, uh, just one quick announcement, not home improvement related, but two o'clock today at Yarnell Hill Fire Memorial Park, they're unveiling a brand new uh, memorial for the Granite Mountain Hotshots. It's a nine foot by nine foot steel uh, sculpture based on that picture of them. Cool. Uh, doing pyramid a, a human pyramid in front of Arizona's champion juniper tree that they had just saved that sits on the uh, southwest side of Granite Mountain the week before. So I would definitely be there. My family's competing in the junior rodeo this week in Wickenburg, so I'm going to go catch the rest of that. But if it wasn't for that, man, this memorial and grand at 2 o'clock I think is going to be a, an experience worth, worth having.
2: We'll see y'all next Saturday. In Wickenburg. Come on up and join us. We'll be broadcasting live for Henry Wickenburg's 200th birthday.